Hey guys, welcome back. This is Chris. This is Justine. And we're going to talk a little bit about technology today. What exactly do you mean by that? Well, since I am a tech nut, I thought we'd talk about the new AirPod Pros. No. No? (laughs) Definitely not. You're not getting those for me for Christmas? Oh, no. Oh, man. (laughs) Guys listening, if you have any tricks on how to convince your wife to buy what you want for Christmas, then... You know exactly why (laughs) I say no to those. Someone else will buy them for me and then... I don't think so. I think so. (laughs) (laughs) And if any of you guys listening want to buy a gift for a random person... You know what I want. Oh my gosh. Anyways, yeah, talking about technology. We thought we would kind of take some time to dig into how technology um, has changed over the years and the impact that it has on us in our marriage and our parenting, um, but also just kind of as um, humans in general. And, um, the way it's changed us as a society and all of that. Um, but it's not to demonize technology because technology is just a tool. So it's like, how do we think about technology rather than us serving it, but to start using it in a way that it can serve us really well? Yeah. Well, and I think that's kind of maybe the issue that we're wanting to touch on and something that we have found was kind of off in our own lives is that <clears throat> we didn't really question um, how we wanted technology to look in our lives. We just adopted it as a good thing and it became a big part of our lives. Um, and to the point where it just wasn't serving us in the way that we want it to because we'd never really thought about how we wanted it to. And so it just kind of was there. And I think that happens for a lot of people Um, when a new technology comes out, it's just kind of adopted as like a good thing and a step forward, but it's not always looked at from a perspective of what are the negative uh, potential implications of introducing this or having this be a part of my daily life and, or how do I want to structure the technology or put kind of boundaries in place so that it is serving me rather than me always serving it in, in like, and by that, I mean like notifications always going off and you constantly looking at your phone or getting distracted when you're in the middle of a conversation because your phone is dinging or lighting up or yeah. When you're with your family and you're constantly distracted because it's always pinging or whatever. That's what I mean by us serving it. Well, and I would take that a step further, but before I do, just a disclaimer. When you are uh, parents and full-time employees and stuff, you do your podcasts during nap time whenever possible. So oh. <laughs> right now we are- I was like, are... where are you going with this? <clears throat> yeah, I'm going- <laughs> just letting you know, we've got our two dogs with us and um, doing some other things in the house. So if you hear any background noise at all, then you know that. Or Asher breaks into the office. <laughs> yep. Or if our oldest breaks in after his rest time is over, 
then you know what's going on. But hopefully we can rock and roll through this before that time. Um, but yeah, to take that a step further, um, I would say that it goes beyond just kind of thinking through notifications and all of those things, but it actually, um, is this concept of, um, whether or not our phones are actually built for us or not, uh, or if they're built for another purpose. And I would say that originally like phones definitely were built to give us something to make phone calls and text messages and stuff like that Mm. on. But over time, uh, people in the tech world kind of got a different idea of what would be possible here. And so one of the questions that we kind of heard from some people that we highly respect is this question of like, just thinking through like, are you paying monthly to use Instagram as an app, like all the other apps that you use? And the answer is, um, there's our chihuahua making some random noises. Um, the answer is no, none of us pay for Instagram. And the reason being is that we are not the customer for Instagram, but who does pay for it? Businesses. And what are they paying for? They're paying for our attention, right? And so as we think about that, what we're actually like left to wrestle with is like these things that we are sucked into and quite frankly, really addicted to myself included at times, like we're sucked into social media, we're sucked into our phone being used and they're all constructed and designed to make us use them more so that we, they can capture more of our attention and they can then sell our attention to these companies who will happily pay for it. Yeah. And which is pretty crazy to think about because I don't think it's common to think of it in that way. Yeah. Right. Like it's just, this is enjoyable or helpful or I'm feeling, I feel connected to other people or whatnot, but it, It's not really looked at from like, okay, what is the actual purpose of this app that I'm using all the time? Is it um, for good or not so good? Well, and quite frankly, you know, people that have worked for Facebook, um, like Sean Parker and, you know, a bunch of other people have come out and actually said that like, we legit designed this to be addictive. Like the the goal was for it to become like a drug to get people hooked on it, to like use it nonstop. And there's these dopamine floods that happen when, when likes and, and comments and things like that happen on social media. And so it actually quite literally becomes addictive the way that, um, other things are. Mm-hmm. And so, well, and aren't some of like the big tech people, like they don't, well, I think, wasn't it Sean Parker that now is kind of, um, has gone the other direction? Um, I don't know like what the term is, but um, like, do you I know what I'm saying? Like, I don't he's know not... who it was. I can't remember, but it was one of those big tech guys. Yeah. yeah. And they are like kind of advocating against the technology that's Well, Parker himself out. said like, God only knows what this is doing to our children's brains. Like, well, and that's um, a good point too, is a lot of the tech people, like they don't let their kids use technology or like have a phone or an iPad. So I feel like that too kind of is telling, um, I don't know. 
Well, and and <clears throat> yeah, it was it was Sean Parker that was um, uh, quoted, I think, by John Mark Comer in one of his recent talks, and he was saying that like that uh, it's like a social validation loop, and it's like exactly the type of thing a hacker like him would think of to like exploit a vulnerability in human psychology. Mm. And that was like the creator of Facebook was quoted saying that like clearly there's something behind Facebook more than what we think as we mm-hmm. just kind of aimlessly scroll. Mm-hmm. But again, this isn't to demonize any of these things. It's simply just to like raise the topic and talk about maybe how we're thinking about technology differently. Yeah. And because of how we're thinking about it, what we're then doing differently in light of that. And just, yeah, asking the question like, or just becoming more aware of what it is that we're using and how we want it to be used, basically. Asking the question, how does how do we want this to look in our home rather than just like, well, this is part of our life and we don't really have a purpose for it or anything. Does that make yep. sense? Yeah. <clears throat> so how have we... We've done kind of a couple things to, I guess, put a little bit of structure or boundaries around it so that it's serving us more than us serving it, right? Are you wanting to go there yet? Or Well, I, I want to take a minute to like think through how this impacts our relationships first because of like... Yeah, that's true. Um, I think that's important. When we're talking about marriage and family um, as kind of like the core foundation for this conversation... Or for mm-hmm. any of our conversations, quite frankly, <clears throat> I think it's important to understand like, okay, well, you know, clearly whatever, Facebook, Instagram is bad, all that. Like <coughs> we use these tools, by the way. So, um, and right, f- yeah. forgive Justine for coughing into the <laughs> microphone. I'm she's, trying to turn my head I away. <laughs> she She's getting over a cold. So, um, we apologize. I'm just being a brat about it. Um, so, <laughs> Chris is very particular about our podcasting recording um, environment. <laughs> I'm used to, so I just spent the last couple of years doing a podcast alone. And yeah. so like everything's quiet, everything's done. And you so, could control it. This is a growing opportunity <laughs> for me. And You're doing good, um, babe. And I'm growing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, but think about distraction in general is just dangerous for any relationship. Like if you yeah. are, um, on your phone all the time, rather than talking to your wife or you're on your phone all the time, rather than spending time with your kids, like, do you think those relationships will improve or are they going to stagnate? And then, you know, like your best friends, like the list goes on and on, right? Like it doesn't stop there. And the impact of being distracted and being addicted to something that pulls you away, um, the impact is quite large, actually. And so um, that's what we need to be thinking about and um, and considering as we talk about this. And our um, our boy Asher, <clears throat> Asher just decided to join us from his nap time. So he's going to quietly play some Legos while we talk to you guys about technology. <laughs> right, bud? Yeah. So... <coughs> Again, if you're distracted with any relationship, that relationship is really going to struggle to grow because it takes um, it takes quality time and it takes intentional focus 
in order to grow a relationship. So the more distracted we are by other things, um, the more um, challenging it's going to become to grow a relationship. Well, and I think we've all probably been in those conversations with friends or maybe even spouses or significant others where you're trying to talk to them about something that you're excited about or just life in general. And then they get a text message and automatically, and it's, they probably don't really mean to, but it's just such a, um, I don't know. It's just something like an automatic response, I guess, that they just look at their phone and then you've like lost them because you're like trying to talk to them, but they're reading this other conversation. And so then it's like they're in a different world at that point. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because we're all like ridiculously aware of how frustrating some of this stuff is. Yes. But it doesn't change our behavior. Right. We do it to other people all the time. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like the cultural norm to like. Yeah. And experts have even said that, like, when a phone is on the table during a conversation, it heightens the level of anxiety. Yeah, even if it's not, like, like, going off or anything. or even if it's face down, like, it's on silent. that's so crazy. crazy. Just because it's there and there's, like, the possibility of it going off or something getting pinged to you or whatever. Well, and then for years, and we still do this from time to time, like, we have not perfected or figured all this out. So, like, that's a another kind of like disclaimer for this conversation, but like we um, drown out processing through anything that we might be wrestling with by like things like Netflix and Hulu and stuff like that. It's like, so true. It's never been easier to ignore and to purposefully not process through. I mean, as I was thinking through this the other day, Uh, prompted by someone's question, it was like, I don't know that I have regularly stopped and assessed my own emotions in a long time. Like just stopped and said, what am I feeling right now? Like what, what's going on today? Is today a good day? Have I been anxious? Or like, why is this upsetting me? Yeah. Or Or why why do I feel feel sad right now or lonely or whatever? Like just why, why are these feelings and asking Jesus like the question of why am I feeling this way? And just, yeah, kind of processing through <clears throat> letting those emotions come to the surface so then you can bring them to the Lord, process yeah. them in your own heart. Um, well, and, and even in addition to that, like having deep conversations with your spouse uh-huh. becomes hard when the first place that you guys go in order to numb out. And let's be honest, we all probably do this in some way, shape or form. Like whether it's Netflix or Hulu or we, you know, have a hobby or something or we get lost in our work. Like we all numb ourselves somehow. It is self-medicating no matter what way you, you look at it. Um, And pastors can sometimes be the worst at this because Pastors can be so busy and numbed out on ministry, helping and in the name or... of ministry, like mm-hmm. you know. So it's not just technology, but we are talking about that today. And so, like well, we was... can spend our oh, evenings uh-huh. watching Netflix and Hulu rather than having even like if we could just do a five or ten minute. Like we've we've gone through nights where we sit down, we're like, 
okay, like, how's your day? Mm-hmm. What you thinking about? What you yeah. working through? And it's like five or 10 minutes. And then we watch TV. Yeah. Like, and we are trying to be totally different about the way that we handle TV in our house. But like, if we can watch TV after having a five to 10 minute, like, deep heart to heart conversation about something or about Mm -hmm. our day or Mm -hmm. connecting about our emotions, then like we're much healthier because of it. But that's usually not the case for any of us and wasn't for us for years. Yeah. And what was that story about, um, Martin Luther King? Oh yeah. Um, it's such a good story. Yeah, it's a really well known story mm-hmm. um that we heard uh John Mark Comer mention um recently and it was just this like at the height of what was about to be kind of like the um civil rights movement, uh Martin Luther King came home after having like he was just arrested for going like twenty five in a thirty mile an hour zone, got released and like it was just riddled with death threats and all this stuff and he's at his house overwhelmed by anxiety and just stressed out to the like to the max and he like bends over the kitchen counter while he's waiting for like making a cup of coffee to finish brewing or something like that and he just was silent and he felt the lord like and he was just like uh praying and just like god i don't like questioning yeah i don't think i can do this i don't think i have what it takes like I'm wore out. I am afraid. Like yeah, and yeah, my family's getting threats. Yeah, and he just like remembers the <laughs> Lord, and I might be butchering this, but saying something along the lines of like just stand firm, stand strong, like Keep like going. Uh, yeah, stand for justice and righteousness. Yeah, and so like the question that was asked is like, what if Martin Luther King had <laughs> a uh, what if Martin Luther King had a smartphone? Like, would that conversation have happened? Would there have been a civil rights movement? Would he have been... Would he have just been silent? Numbing himself by scrolling on Instagram? Would Mm -hmm. he be watching something on Netflix and like... Yeah, rather than just like... Processing and like spending time with the Lord. Yeah. And like the funny thing about that is you think about this distraction and how it's like created this gap of like... um distance between us and silence with the Lord, right? Like the more distracted and the more available technology is more distracted. We are by it. The further we get from like deep relationship with the Lord and Andrew Sullivan wrote in the New York magazine. Um, he fascinating article where he, um, was like addicted to his phone, all that stuff. And he basically left and went on a like silence retreat And during that, he wrote some notes down and he said, we didn't go from faith to secularism in one fell swoop. Certain ideas and practices made others not so much false as less vibrant or relevant. And so uh, modernity slowly weakened spirituality by design and accident in favor of commerce. It downplayed silence and mere being in favor of noise and constant action. The reason we live in a culture increasingly without faith is not because science has somehow disproved the unprovable, but because the white noise of secularism has moved, has removed the very, very stillness in which it might endure or be reborn. Um, 
And I just think of like, whether it's relationship with Jesus, with your spouse, with your kids, like the more silence disappears and the more noise and distraction surfaces, the weaker and weaker those relationships will get. And so the point that he's making is like, it was the noise and constant action that moved us away from, as a society, God. Mm -hmm. Um, Not that anything has changed with science and proof or disproof of like God's existence. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's why like depression and anxiety, like one of the reasons why it's on the rise is just people aren't processing what's going on in their lives? Yes. And I think you compound that with, um, a culture that is focused on, um, personal development and growth and autonomy and a constant comparison battle and us always comparing our current existence and life and experience and lifestyle and all that to other people's, you know, like highlight reel Mm -hmm. on their Insta stories or their Instagram feed or Facebook, right? Like, and there's nothing inherently wrong with a highlight reel being out there. But when we live in a world where we're always like measuring ourselves towards everybody else, you know, and I don't think we necessarily do it, um, consciously. No, we don't. It's like in most cases subconscious and we're measuring ourselves to other people's like perceived success, which is actually only a highlight reel. And we're not seeing all the nasty in their lives or the brokenness or the things Mm -hmm. that they're struggling with or, you know, their kids or their parenting Mm -hmm. or their lack of sleep or whatever. Like Mm -hmm. we're measuring according to something that's actually not real, Mm -hmm. at least not in its wholeness. And then we're not processing those emotions either. And so no wonder we have depression and anxiety. Yeah. So what's the solution, babe? Jesus. (laughs) Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Guys, is always the answer. Yeah, Sunday school teaches you that Jesus yeah. is the best answer for <laughs> any question. But um yeah, so we have stolen um and instituted some practices in our home. Mm-hmm. And um the way I always say this is just like it's uh if you find gold, keep it. So, you know, we have mentors and people that we really respect and look up to that have taught a lot about technology. And, um, we've borrowed a lot of it over the last year and we really have only implemented this stuff over the last year because Mm -hmm. our life and our marriage and everything before that was filled with a lot of distraction and a lot of busyness. Well, and I don't think it's something that a lot of people bring up as like a question of like, is this good? You know, cause everyone is kind of stuck in the cycle. And so, um, it takes us like taking a step back and really, well, and sometimes I'm like, what would, how would Jesus be using an iPhone? If he was here today, would he be as kindling for his fire? (laughs) Uh, probably not scrolling and, um, you know, like just watching what other people are doing. He'd probably just use it as a way to connect to other people calling and probably mainly just calling. He probably wouldn't even text. 
Anyways, <laughs> that's <a laughs> random. But we have put into place some like best practices, I guess, for our home of like how we want things to look. We don't really have a their guidelines name their for aims. it. Yeah. yeah, how we want it to look. <clears throat> how we don't want it to look in our home. Yeah. Yeah. I think the biggest thing that we did to start this was, um, and it's come and gone over the last year, but the first thing we did was we moved the TV out of the living room Yeah, and it's gone back into the living room a couple times for like some bouts of pretty bad illnesses and stuff like that. So that we have some, something to do on the couch quite frankly as you're like trying not to die (laughs) but right yeah the last thing um, i don't know when you're sick you just want to lay on the couch and watch a movie or you know just but the rest of the time our tv is not in our living room Um, it's actually in my office and um that's intentional because i think we want to craft our space to facilitate like strong community building and um, a TV being the center of the room and being easily accessible is not going to help that. Totally. Um, Cause it's just easy to <clears throat> like automatically turn it on. If it's just right there, if your entire living space is kind of set up to put the main focus on the television, then that becomes the main focus mm-hmm. of your life. And so, and we've even talked back and forth about just getting ready, rid of the TV altogether. But and I think we're going to do that. Actually, it's been hard for me because I love football. A big step. <laughs> big step. Um, so, and that's you guys... not to say that that's for everybody, but that's just something that has been on our hearts for a long time. Of like, yeah, it's enjoyable to watch a show every now and again, but like. What if we just didn't have it? What would we do with our time? Would we well, play a game together in the evening? Would we read? Would we go to bed at a better hour and get more rest and feel more rested? And let's be real. <clears throat> Moving the TV and like making a goal to do those things and not watch TV, it only goes so far. Like we've tried for the last sure. year to almost completely remove TV from our daily experience. Mm-hmm. And I'd say about half the time it was really successful and half the time it wasn't. Yeah. And that's okay. Like we're learning from that. Like, mm-hmm. but what we're learning is that we are so ingrained in the culture's way of doing things, which is go to TV, go to your phone, do these things. Um, and we thought like we could just make decisions to not do these things. And sometimes like you're going to have to make much bigger decisions than just kind of like moving stuff around mm-hmm. in order to get away from what you don't want. And what we want most is not what we always want in the moment. Totally. And so like for me, I'm just realizing that if I want to read more, if I want to write more, if I want to do these things, then and just the be more TVs. connected in our neighborhood. Like I think about before television was a common like staple in people's homes, people like you had other people over more often because otherwise you're just sitting in your house, <laughs> you know, like, and so you, yeah, you, you would just drop were in on people connected and... with people a lot more where now like your entertainment comes from this black box rather than conversations with 
the people in your neighborhood or... Well, what was that thing where it was like a certain section of hours of the day where you could like... I'm trying to remember, maybe Jeff was talking about it, but like there used to be... There'd be certain hours of the day that were just kind of widely accepted that you could just drop into people's house and like say oh, hello and connect that. and yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I like like that before idea. TV, it's like neighborhoods was just like, hey, between these hours, like like you knew your neighbors. Yeah, well, you didn't have cell phones, so it's like you know yeah. you either call the house or like you just kind of walk across the street and drop in and yeah. see how things are going and the kids play and yeah, like so it was very different before um, and. You know, we're not um, like idealists. Like we, we don't want to get sure. rid of technology, um, but we just want to think about how do we make it work for what we aim to do. And like when we think about the mission statement for our family and the vision mm-hmm. for our family and like where we want to be in 30 years is like if we did what we do with technology today, every single day for the next 30 years and or it got potentially worse, mm-hmm. like would we end up where we want to? Yeah. And I don't think the answer is yes. Well, and I think that's the big, a big thing too, is just asking the question, what do we want our family to look like in 30 years? And then like, that was, that was really step number one of everything I think was what do we want our family to look like and how is that going to look on a daily basis and like writing it out so that we have it to reference back to, to, um, make modifications if we want to, but to have it be like this document, I guess, where we can refer back of like, oh yeah, God has called our family to do this, these sets of things. How is our daily life lining up to where we can make that happen? Um, Yeah. And if you guys, if you guys want to see how we do that and how we've built that out in the past, um, we have a resource at chrisandjustine.com. Uh, it's called oh, yeah. Think Different. Um, it's just an ebook that actually outlines all the details of how we crafted that, how we come up with that as a family, and then how we use that to start making decisions differently. But um, I think that's a great point is like, unless you know where you're going, then like, I would admit to you guys this podcast and this topic. It doesn't make any sense. Ignore it if you don't know where you're going and if you don't know like what you need to do to get there. Of course, it, this wouldn't make sense to just stop doing technology like if, yeah, you know, the like path that you're the, on is the right path yeah. or is the only path you know. Like you haven't assessed this. You don't know. It wouldn't make sense to you to just like, oh, well, we're going to move the TV and get rid of it. Like why? For what reason? Yeah. But once you answer that, then that TV conversation becomes a lot easier. You're like, yeah. oh. And more compelling. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we want to keep this short for you guys. So <laughs> we actually have 16 practices um, or guidelines, helpful things that are not tried and or not tried and true. They are tried and true. They're not like they're not perfect. We don't do these things perfect all the time, but we're aiming to do this in our home. Yeah. Really well. And I'm not going to talk about all 16 because that's a lot, but I want to highlight our favorites or some of the ones that I think are most impactful in regards to kind of some of the stuff we talked about today. Yeah. The first one is do not start or end the day with your phone. So the phone gets picked up and turned on only after 
our time of like silence and solitude and prayer and Bible reading and journal and that kind of stuff. And yeah. sometimes that's five minutes yeah. because we have toddlers. Sometimes <laughs> that's an hour because we get really blessed and lucky that morning. Yeah. Um, but whatever it is, the phone is like turned on after all of that happens and we don't sleep with it in our room. Um, so we don't have to worry about like rolling over and picking it up. Um, I actually have an old iPhone six. I know it sounds weird saying old iPhone (laughs) six, um, but it's from, I don't know, 2015 or whatever, uh, 2014 that I use as an alarm clock and there it's not connected to cell phone service. It has the Wi-Fi is not turned on. It doesn't have anything. There's no apps on it. It's completely blank. The only reason I use it is for the alarm clock. Yeah. Um, and, um, so that's what we do for that so that phones are not in our bedroom and we don't wake up to them. We don't go to bed to them I'm trying to read a little bit more before bedtime now. Um, and that's really critical because like what you don't want to do is wake up and start feeding your brain all of the junk like email yeah. and social media dopamine hits and like all these things before you even sit down and talk to Jesus. And that's then really you're important. Like a, you're like immediately on someone else's agenda yeah. rather than like your own agenda for the morning. And then the morning gets sucked up by that. And then, you know, and then your kids are awake and you haven't had yep. or taken any time for even just enjoying a cup of coffee and quiet in the quiet. Yeah. <clears throat> so the, we already talked about the TV. Well, I, I want to say too, like, I'm very proud of you because Aww. I feel like this was a hard one for you. It's really hard. Um, it's still hard every day. Yeah. But like, I'm trying to be really intentional with it and it's been a blessing. Yeah. But. So I guess also to like encourage other people too, that this isn't just like something that comes easy to us. No, not at all. Um, that we've had to really... I am currently detoxing from, oh, uh, it's like constantly, but I'm like, I I am still admittedly as of today, which is like, I don't know, sun, Saturday, the December 14th, <laughs> middle of December. Yeah. I'm, I'm still addicted to technology. Like I am less addicted and I am in much healthier place. Um, but we struggle with this, but that's why we're trying to do these things. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we realize that we want a different way of doing things for our, for ourselves and our family. Yeah. <clears throat> Hi bud. Um, what, what are a couple of the other ones? Yeah. So we talked about the TV in the living room, mm-hmm. um, crafting that around community, not around technology. Um, and the, the last, I think, one or two that are most important for me that I've been doing um, recently and that have been really, really good is my phone is on Do Not Disturb all the time. I've added my – I work for a tech company, so um, the customer service line, if anyone's calling in, I need to take those calls. Um, or Justine, those are added to um, uh, my – like your favorites uh, or favorites whatever. So that they come through when Do Not Disturb is on. Yeah. But otherwise, my phone does not light up, make noise, or vibrate with any notifications, phone calls, texts, anything. Which, and again, is really huge for you. Yes. Because a lot of what you, well, the majority of what you do, 
is on your phone and can my life is come through tech your phone. Yeah. yeah. For the last, has it been like four years, five years? Yep. It's been yeah. technology companies and that has meant that everything can come through your phone. And so it's just, there was a really long time where you're like, well, I need to be, have access or be accessible. Yeah. Um, and I think now you're realizing that's not the case. And well, I think it was the case, but it's just like, no well, you kind of let anymore. that be the case, right? Like you didn't need to be accessible on the weekends. Um, it was, I mean, it could be helpful in certain circumstances, but like, I think this all goes back to figuring out what we want our family to look like, what we want our marriage to look like. And then from there, how are we crafting our, our daily lives and our daily practices, the things that we do and in like the minutia of the days to create the family and the marriage that, that we want. Yeah. And one is not having, not being accessible all the time, 24 seven. Well, yeah. So I want to touch my phone when I need it, not when it wants me. Hmm, That's good. Because like, I've also found that I'm way more productive at work when I'm on the computer and I'm working on a project and I'm not like, feeling my phone vibrate or seeing it or Mm -hmm. like, you know, because how many different apps do you normally have on your phone and you've got text and email and Facebook and Instagram and whatever it is that's coming through on your phone. So Mm -hmm. I basically turned off almost all notifications in general and then turned it on do not disturb. So it's like, it's not disrupting my, you know, times of like flow focus. Um, you get to choose how your moments are spent rather than your phone kind of taking over and controlling it for you. Yep. And so that's been huge. And the last one that's been really big for us is, sorry, that's just Asher coffin. Last one that's been really big for us is, um, and again, we're not perfect at this. I just did this last night. So it's like, you know, confession time, work in Um, progress, but one screen at a time, not sitting in front of the TV and scrolling on Instagram while we are watching TV. That's not helpful for anyone. And it's like, why why even have the TV on uh, or why even have your phone, you know? Yeah. And it's teaching us to be multitaskers and to be really bad at focus. Yeah. And there's a reason. I think that isn't it said that like you don't, you can't actually multitask. I mean, you can do anything you want. It's just not going to help. Or you it's like not anything. as productive as just focusing on one thing at a time. Right. Yeah, totally. And so I think it's important to, you know, practice not multitasking and, um, not let like our, impulses determine how we behave. So like needing to grab for our phone and all that stuff. But yeah, so, you know, we have designed a whole PDF, uh, talking more in depth about technology, about all 16 of our practices and all of the different things that we do in our home. If you guys want that, um, scroll right below. Um, it's right there in the show notes. You can just click through, 
uh, and grab that, um, design that just for this episode, just for you guys. Um, hopefully that's helpful. Does it have all of ours like listed out? So like if someone just wanted to take them. of ours listed out. Cool. Yeah. I find Um, that that's always so helpful for just like getting started having. Yep. Well, and that's how we got this list is we, you know, have two or three or four different people we really respect that have been battling through this in their own world and Mm -hmm. had some practices. And we're like, oh, I love that one. I really need that. My soul, like. That will serve our family. Yeah, that will serve this problem. This identifies. So like, feel free to take them, to change them, to use them as is, to add to them, like whatever. It's for you guys. It's supposed to be helpful. And hopefully it is. Yep. So um, that's it for this week. Uh, We would really appreciate if you guys are enjoying this to leave us a review, hit the stars below, whatever works best for you. Uh, We so appreciate it. It helps the the podcast get some, um, you know, exposure. And ultimately, like, we just want more people to be able to hear this if it's helpful. Mm -hmm. And so um, if this has served you, um, we would love it if you would do that. And remember, if you haven't, the... Marriage and Family Blueprint is always available on our website. That's something that we've put together um, just to serve you guys as some foundational things we do in our home. Uh, And again, if you want the uh, tech conversation and all the practices that we're trying to implement, then you can get those in the show notes below. So we will um, see you guys. Uh, we'll talk to you guys after <laughs> Christmas, I believe. So yeah, we'll take a break. I think Asher wanted to say something. Did you want to say Merry Christmas? Merry Christmas! Alrighty. <laughs> talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye.